0: Hey guys, this is Allison from The Recovery Coach Podcast. Recovery coaching is a proven and effective tool for supporting individuals on their journey towards a healthier, more fulfilling life. Also known as Peer Support Specialist, a recovery coach assists clients in creating a plan of action, finding resources, and building a strong support network. Whether you are actively pursuing freedom from addiction, an eating disorder, anxiety, depression, or other mental and behavioral health conditions, a Recovery Coach provides the structure and accountability needed to change your narrative and live your best life. At The Recovery Coach, our certified peer support specialists offer both in-person and virtual sessions. For more information, please visit us online at therecoverycoachatl.com. And now, without further ado, here's the Recovery Coach Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Recovery Coach Podcast, where we focus on person-centered recovery Peer support and all the recovery things. My name is Allison Broderick,
1: and I'm Seth Harris.
0: Seth, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you today?
0: I'm doing awesome. Yeah, today's a good day.
1: It's always it always just keeps getting better. That's what I tell my guys. There you go. Yeah, I'm living the dream, and people are like, whatever. I'm like, dude, if you if you only knew.
0: You've already been to hell once, (laughs) right?
1: I don't know if it gets much better. I might fall out.
0: (laughs) Oh shoot, I'm gonna pass out. So Seth, I am super excited to be here with you and also drumroll to hear about today's topic. What do you have for us?
1: So I thought today we would talk about the question, why am I so mad?
0: Ooh, that's good.
1: As a way of just having a little discussion about anger, frustration, I think that people can go back and look at our previous episodes. There's a dual episode on resentment and forgiveness that probably kind of ties in a little bit here, right?
0: One of our beginning episodes, we just jumped right into the heavy.
1: (laughs) We jumped right into the heavy. And in the last episode, we tried to lighten it up a little bit for everybody.
0: Which I had fun. And of course, I always have fun. Yeah.
1: And it's fascinating because I have been told in my 12-step background moments that resentment is the number one offender. When we're going through our lives, resentment is the number one offender that we deal with. And it's probably, for a lot of guys that I've worked with and talked to, it's the thing that just keeps coming back up. The stuff we don't let go of. The stuff we hang on to that irks us. That has us twisted inside. Essays like to say irritable, restless, and discontented.
0: Yes, and I've also heard it said in the 12-step fellowships, it's eating my lunch. Yes. <laughs> and resentment surely does that.
1: Yeah, and it's a really odd thing, I think, because we can get in our head, we can clearly, especially you know, in recovery on this side of things, We can make sense out of that logically in some places, but the emotional piece is just not there yet in terms of the resentments. It doesn't make sense for me to be still mad at this person or to be upset at the fact that the world is this way, but yet I can't help but be pissed off. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And sometimes, well, not sometimes, oftentimes, I believe both in my active addiction and in recovery that anger is the easy way. I almost get a high from self-righteous indignation. And guess what? I don't have to look at it. I don't have to look at what's really going on.
1: Do you ever have that post outburst regret, guilt?
0: (laughs) Oh, we call it the emotional hangover.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, that's true. We do.
0: (laughs) So much so that now that I've been in recovery for some time, thanks be to God, I can take a step back before I have that angry outburst and realize I don't want the emotional hangover, and I really don't want to have to apologize if I say something I shouldn't.
1: Make it worse, and then you're going to really be the wrong.
0: Yeah, and I think that comes from, hopefully, some maturity emotionally, take that pause rather than firing off an email or a text or phone call or in person. Many yeah. ways to fire off outbursts.
1: we yeah. keep talking about how we're going to do a social media episode. I always look at social media as like a 10th step because you're always that opportunity to ask all those questions. Is this going to hurt somebody? Am, am I going to have to apologize? Am I thinking of myself? And usually I go through that and then I just don't post whatever I was going to post or don't respond. And the few times that I actually go through with it, I'm like, you are just trying to be right. Yeah. And you're just trying to exert your desire to be right on other people out of a frustration and an anger that you misplaced.
0: Or maybe some of that anger is feeling misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Tenth step you referenced. And just for our listeners who may not be following a 12 step program, the 10th step of Alcoholics Anonymous is continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Now I think of admitted and admit.
1: Well, and I also like how it says when as opposed to if.
0: Yes, when we were wrong.
1: You know, it's interesting. I actually have a worksheet, and I can include this in the comments of the episode, that basically taking some of the questions that are brought up in the text of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and that whole narrative and putting it into a little sheet where you can actually go through and kind of answer those questions to do your own kind of 10th step. And a lot of people like to do it, you know, kind of at the end of the day, especially early in recovery because it helps you to process through where am I at? Where are my motives? How did I respond? Did I react instead of responding? And, and the questions I just asked a second ago, do I owe an apology? Did I do harm? Was I thinking of others? Was I thinking of myself? These can be important ways to, like you said, learn to catch yourself before you go there.
0: Yeah. Progress? Progress, not perfection. Not perfection.
1: Sometimes I catch myself and I said, I'm going there anyways.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, because darn it, I am right. And they're going to know it.
1: Yeah. And it's just only ends in tears, right? It's so not good. But I do think it's an important thing to take the time for us to kind of share about this. Because everybody gets into this space where your emotions override. There's a metaphor that is often used in well, I've seen it in business marketing type opportunities. People that are trying to build organizations, change organizations, grow as an organization, they use what's called the elephant and the rider metaphor. It comes from a happiness hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt. So that's, we will include that. That's H A I D T. I hope I am saying that correctly. The idea is that if you're trying to ride an elephant, like you would ride a horse it can be difficult to control which direction that's going in. And so the rider is kind of the rational part and the elephant represents the emotional. And that balance is something that we can choose to be very aware of. In the same way, you've got a lot of people that are really passionate about a project. Well, if you just go off the emotion, sometimes the project doesn't really get put together, organized, executed in a way that's going to be successful. So you have to have a good blend of those things. And I think we can use the same metaphor For ourselves in trying to say how do i kind of balance that emotional side with that rational side
0: yeah you know i always have said to those with whom i work whether it's clients peers other women in recovery that i believe and i've i've actually seen this or read about it in many different journals and literature pieces and articles are Emotional growth is stunted at the time in which we began our acting out. So for me, that was drinking, right? So I was 14 years old when I had my first drink. And once I gave up the alcohol altogether at age 31, I was emotionally 14. And so that means that right now I am a about 24 and a half. And that, that sounds about right.
1: <laughs> yeah. In my mind, I always that age, right? Now, and though we'll say that too, and therapists will tell you that there are people that get exposed to things at a certain age and that kind of locks you in, like you said, emotionally. It doesn't have to be, it could be any kind of traumatic experience trauma it could be exposure to pornography it could be really any kind of sexual distinctive point that you take before you are fully developed of a certain age it will it will have a lasting impact on your ability to express yourself emotionally in a healthy way
0: absolutely i mean the the human brain does not fully develop until age 25 scientists and medical professionals and researchers have now uncovered the brain's ability To not only recover, but rebuild, known as neuroplasticity, the neuroscience of addiction. So we know, yes, I would technically be 24 emotionally, but now that I've had lived experience in recovery and I have a support team to help me with those emotional outbursts that very much so I can be my age, 43, emotionally. But I do feel, and something I want us to discuss here today, is this idea that either, one, I'm in recovery now, so I shouldn't feel anger. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Like, (laughs) I already dealt with all the resentments, so shouldn't I be cured? To understand that, especially anger... I believe it should be expressed because in active addiction or any maladaptive behavior, we have diligently been so committed to suppressing our anger. And literally, I drank my anger. So once I removed the substance, in a way, I kind of like the visual of a trash can. Like, I've got all of this stuff in my gut and in my heart and it's just kind of not to say trash but i need to deal with it and yeah. i need to deal with it right now
1: years of stuffing and numbing and just because i stopped numbing that really just creates the opportunity for me to unstuff i like that i will be the first to say there's a lot of things that i have stuffed down to the point where i probably forgot about them or maybe hope that they're going to stay down there.
0: Yeah, which isn't that a resentment waiting to happen?
1: <laughs> well, it's a resentment that's not dealt with, that's for sure. And I think some of those things we want to hang on to, they may not even be resentments. They might just be aspects of ourselves that we don't want to let go of control. Mm-hmm. But like you said, until we healthily bring that stuff out, become comfortable with it, be vulnerable about expressing, there is a limitation to... The fullness we can experience. If you read enough Renee Brown, learn about vulnerability, she kind of equates it with courage. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, you can see that there is a fullness of life that can only be experienced through the willingness to be a vulnerable person.
0: If I'm emotionally vulnerable, can that also include my anger? How so? Like if I'm seeking to be emotionally vulnerable in my recovery, I would assume that includes anger.
1: Oh, yeah. So being willing to express what you're angry about and talk through it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And gosh, it can be a difficult place to to go to with some of that stuff.
0: Why? Why is anger for many of us so scary?
1: Why is it scary for you? Because I think it's different for everybody.
0: I can't trust it. uh uh-huh. If I fully released, some days it may just be like, ah, Mm -hmm. I'm angry. Yeah. But other days, and depending on the topic at hand, I mean, I feel like I could be a Tasmanian devil.
1: Yeah. It's unpredictable, right? Yeah. I think that behind most anger is some kind of fear. So it is going to be scary to kind of explore that. Because you're talking about places that you're either uncomfortable with, you're ashamed about, you don't understand. I think the feeling of, not being known, not being understood is really powerful force that kind of drives that reaction that why can't things just be so? Mm-hmm. My sponsor is always quick to let me remember that the ifs and whys don't get me anywhere. If only it was this way. Or Why can't it be like that? He said, no, you have to just stay focused on the what. What is the reality of the situation? What ultimately matters? What is my role? What can I do about it? And these are things we talk about in the resentment, how to work through that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's scary because a lot of people are afraid.
0: I like what you said, the word unpredictable. So if my anger has to be expressed in some way, there are healthy ways to express our anger.
1: Ooh, give me some.
0: I mean, I just needed to drop some good news, right? (laughs) Are
1: they going to talk about the problem the whole
0: time? Why am I mad? Anger is a basic human emotion. We feel it when we feel we've been wronged or others have been wronged, when there is injustice, when our values have been compromised, right? Initially, it's this anger. And I'll let you explain about the secondary versus primary. You just opened up a little bit about that, that anger is the first emotion, and yet it's really hiding our fear.
1: Yeah, it's really hiding the primary emotion.
0: Which is fear. Yeah. Pain, hurt. I
1: mean, I think there are some places where anger, you know, you could argue is kind of like a healthy, protective thing. And there are places where, you know, people will justify anger, say, that you point to places where they feel like it's good to be mad i think when you explore these concepts you talk about injustice you know people want justice people want revenge sometimes right but what we find is that uh, most of the times when you want revenge you'll never get enough because the harm is so great that you can't equal and justice is more of an eye for an eye thing the forgiving heart on the other hand has no conditions in it And it offers a generosity of spirit that I don't think that we can ever perfectly pull off. But most of the time, I'm afraid of the things that I don't understand. And so acceptance and surrender become powerful tools in navigating that space. Some things are just the way they are. You know, my my sponsor will tell you recovery isn't about solving life's problems. Recovery is about dealing with life's problems. And sometimes the way I deal with things is just to accept this is what I can't control. What yeah. other people think, what other people have said, what's been done to me. Most of the time, that's what we're angry about. I know for me, when I start feeling boxed in, it's probably because I'm feeling like there's either words being put in my mouth or I'm being accused of something I didn't do. And so what is that? Being misunderstood. Yeah. I'm, I'm so afraid that I'm not going to be heard or that somebody's going to misinterpret who I am and what my spirit is. And I have to pause and ask myself, why is it so important to you?
0: our intentions right i love what you said i'm often afraid if and when i don't understand or i might be misunderstood and then you went on to talk about forgiveness and the unconditional aspect well that really ties in with my belief that yes fear is behind our anger And yes, as human beings, we have this innate desire and need for love. And what's unconditional aside from forgiveness is love. It just is.
1: And I think at the heart of a lot of it too is we want to be connected. We want to feel, experience connection with people. Sometimes we're selfish about how we want that to look
0: manipulative very
1: harmful in some places the inability to experience authenticity and emotional intimacy
0: which can create more anger
1: exactly and when we see that either not working out or not working out the way we want it to we start to fear that being alone
0: not receiving love
1: not being worthy not being enough
0: not being accepted approved of
1: Yeah, and all of that stuff flies in the face of our inherent desire for the opposite.
0: Yes, and also brings about the fear of rejection, abandonment. Failure. Yeah.
1: Anything that goes with that?
0: If I am rejected and if I am abandoned by anyone I find near and dear, it could also be systems, institutions, and policies. If I am abandoned, then what's the point?
1: Yeah, what's left for me, right?
0: You want to get to the tools to manage? (laughs) We we kept getting back into (laughs) the depth.
1: It's worth exploring, Um, but I I have some tools myself.
0: You want to go first? No, no, go ahead. Okay.
1: I want to hear what you have to say.
0: Well, I'm going to have to tell a story because that's what I do, right? Yes. As we're wrapping up, always got to have an Allison story.
1: Allison story. Allison story. Allison
0: (laughs) story time. So for me i scratched my head for about seven years of my recovery on how do i express my anger in healthy ways and i say that not to be like hey everybody you're gonna have to wait seven years however it takes what it takes not to say i didn't find ways in the interim to express my anger but this one was like the ultimate cocktail and i have to use that word it is truly a recipe for anger management so seventh year in recovery oh my goodness i'm so angry which can come about for me i don't know about you seth but i can get angry pretty easily
1: yeah just give me a reason.
0: I have plenty <laughs> if you need one of mine.
1: Uh, did, did you get even angrier because you were seven years in and you were angry?
0: Yeah, I was angry. <laughs>
1: that I was angry?
0: It was like the seven-year itch, I guess. It was like, why am I feeling this way? Ding, 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 because you're human, Allison.
1: <laughs> These things happen.
0: The cool part is that I haven't found it necessary during any of my bouts of anger to drink. So I was particularly livid during this night in my seventh year, and I wasn't quite sure what to do. I could have called support members, but I wanted to sulk just a little bit. Pity party. Yeah, because there is kind of that natural high when we get angry.
1: There's some chemicals that are... Definitely. Pumping in the body, for sure.
0: Oh, definitely. Some adrenaline. So I got in my car and I just drove. Now, I didn't have a destination per se. I just knew I needed to feel the wind coming through my car. And then I put on angry music. We're talking like back Hard in rock. my day, like Metallica. Yeah. I've kidding. aged myself. Just some angry music, heavy metal right? And I'm blasting it. Actually, it was Tool. I love some Tool.
1: Yeah.
0: It's the best angry music. So I've got the wind coming through. I can feel somewhat human and grounded from that. I'm driving for freedom. I'm blasting heavy metal. And as I'm headed back towards the house, I was still angry. That did not solve it. So I stopped at the gym and boy, oh boy, did I have a very hard workout it was packed with adrenaline like you hear of stories the mothers who lift a car off of their babies in the
1: moment of emergency
0: yes it's like that kind of adrenaline that's how i felt incredible hulk like at the gym i probably looked somewhat intense
1: deranged
0: <laughs> yes maybe and then i still wasn't finished feeling my anger. So I did what I believe someone in recovery, not should do, but benefits from. I went to a meeting and it was on gratitude. Of course. Of course. I finished that meeting that night. That was probably three hours worth of discovering my cocktail for anger management. And wouldn't you know, I came home. (sighs) I was so refreshed. And I felt like that was a healthy expression of anger. I found community with my meeting. I sweat it out, which is a great tool. And music, I believe, is always healing in some way, shape, or form.
1: Music is my main tool. To share this real quickly, Kirk Thompson has a book called The Anatomy of the Soul. And he does a lot of left brain, right brain kind of introductory stuff in that. And so I it was kind of the first time that I really got that concept without it being all scientific-y. It was more like practical, like how's my left brain, right brain actually work? And then thinking about like a cleared highway, your right brain is a cleared highway, right? And then your left brain is sort of, and this is my interpretation, it's like throwing a bunch of obstacles into the highway, which is like when your emotions are all that stuff's going on. You no longer have like a clear path from A to B, right? Your right brain's like, I just want to get from here to here. And then all of a sudden there's all these obstacles. And
0: left brain is like, let's have some fun.
1: I'm sure there's a male-female difference in all this and how it works. But I'm definitely like, I want the clear path and when i like some obstacles because you know i'm not a real stoic boring person so I like hey li- but if you're stoic doesn't mean you're boring well you know i've got a whim going on with a lot of stuff so that's okay i like some obstacles but when i get too many and i get flustered and then, then anxiety kicks in and i get all worked up and that's when i'm vulnerable to some of this emotional takeover and you know i don't care what emotion you're dealing with your emotion will always win out if it's a heightened one so huge amount of joy, sadness, anger, love, whatever it is. If you're in that state, good luck with the rational side of you that winning. That is so right? true. Yeah. That's why the elephant and the rider metaphor.
0: So emotions do, they, they intense take emotions take and, and, over.
1: And what I've recognized about myself is that I have to let that stuff suppress when it's not going in a place that I want it to, because I will get away from it eventually. You'll get away from that emotional state either after you've, reacted or not for me I always look back and go you know why did I make it so important why did I say things I didn't mean to why did I you know turn into this person that I don't like all this kind of stuff so when I choose to separate myself from that how do I do that and music is the main one for me Mm -hmm. I actually know some people that prefer to get it out with the angry songs because it actually brings them down. I'm more of like, well, let me put on some classical music.
0: Like opposite. Yeah.
1: I need something like without any intentionality that's smooth and it's like escape.
0: So no Tool?
1: No, not in that moment. I would rather not. Got it. I mean, I'm not I'm fine with Tool has some great music. I just, you know, I've learned more and more about classical music. You're just, a little more Mozart. Well, Mozart can be a little jumpy, you know. So uh, my go-to is actually... Yo Yo Ma Ooh. is playing the Ennio Marconi scores. It's a it's a collection of Ennio Marconi movie scores that Yo Yo Ma is playing on an album, and there's there's some there's just some great escape stuff in there for me. Yeah, that's my go-to.
0: So it allows you in that moment the ability to kind of put the intensity to of bed. emotion on hiatus.
1: I think that there's a coming back down off of that emotional high to me whatever you can do to become self-reflective so some people will go for a walk some people will go work out some people will read a book or do some journaling reach out to call somebody you know just get outside of yourself And I think for me, it helps me back into a place of what's really important, what really matters. Yeah. And that can be therapeutic in a lot of ways.
0: Oh, yeah. The serenity prayer, grant me the serenity to accept what I can't change, which really is people, places, and things.
1: Or my emotional state.
0: Or my emotional (laughs) state. And the courage to change what I can. And for you and for me is, okay, I'm going to take that pause right now. Yeah. And that comes and came for me with a few mistakes along the way where i did have the angry outburst we have to
1: learn you know there's a there's a common acronym the halt the bs which is hungry angry lonely tired bored and stressed
0: oh i haven't heard that one yeah
1: bored and stressed so that's halt is in pause like you just said yeah and those are places that we can be in those moods in those moments
0: sometimes multiple
1: at the same time
0: which is why we say hangry (laughs) right i'm hangry which i'm about to that place right now Seth.
1: well we always love you guys sharing uh, this time with us and joining in if you subscribe like share tell somebody listen to it more than once.
0: Share with us your recovery tools for anger.
1: Yeah, and feel free to reach out to us to Allison and tell them the email address if so they can contact us.
0: It is www.therecoverycoachatl.com and there you will find more information including more contact information.
1: Yeah, there's the email address on there. We would love to hear some feedback. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We'll talk to you soon.